So this is the last uh, session of questions and discussion with Thayro Tejaniya and the uh, yogis at uh, Vipassana Meta Foundation of Maui on Thanksgiving Day, November 24th, 2016. He says, whatever we begin, yeah, once we've begun it, then it concludes quite easily, quite quickly. But before we begin, it seems to take so long. It's like mm-hmm. we haven't arrived yet, we're still packing. Mm-hmm. Rather, where is everybody? <laughs> Start and already end. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Life is like this. It's really only when, you know, we're in distress or, um, well, out of our balanced state of mind that then um, you have what's called a more important object, like 
you know, if you're distressed or very happy, you need to check whether you're aware, whether the mind is aware with the right attitude, you know, that, that then that becomes important. But if you're sort of settled, then whatever. If we are feeling emotional, then and we are able to be aware of our, our emotion in a balanced way, it's more helpful to be aware of the emotion than say to be aware of something else. And it depends on um, what our awareness feels like that day, you know, or in general. Um, sometimes we feel like we cannot be aware of more than one thing at a time. There are times you feel like that and you have to accept that. Other times you might feel more generally aware um, of, you know, like shifting awareness and, and it's fine. So whatever is working at that time, if you know more or less, um, that's what you the thing to notice is that um, in a state when your mind is able to be more encompassing in, in what it knows, um, you'll notice that you also feel a greater sense of connectedness of really knowing what's going on. Right? Because there is a broader view, there is a better understanding, because it's, it knows more. On the good days. <laughs> when the wisdom is stronger, you will always notice that whatever the wisdom understands, it will also see what it was blind to before. Mm. And now understands. Yes. Ah, uh, hold on. I had a okay. yes. <coughs> Is that was that all you wanted to ask? Was that all you wanted to ask? Um so I I I have a question um, and I spoke to my aunt this morning before coming um, because I knew it would be a, a challenging day for her. Um, my cousin uh, committed suicide uh, last year or in the last five months and um, so and I've been, this was the last thing my cousin gave me, so I brought it with me to remind me. And I wanted to just honor that. I haven't, I, it's kind of like come up and down. But um, I told my aunt what I was doing, and she said, what do the Buddhists say about death? <laughs> and I, I didn't respond, because I thought, I don't. It's not didn't feel like my place, but I wanted to ask about that, um, particularly about suicide, because I've had um, at least 
three people in the last six months in my world who have. Um, so it's, um, I don't know, it's a theme, and I felt really a lot of gratitude to be here today, um, and like able to feel sadness, and then kind of just watch it without getting entangled in it. But I guess for my aunt, I'd like to ask Sayadaw about death. In particular, suicide, yes. <coughs> 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 ขันธ์ซ้ายนี่แม้สรุปตู่สกาเปียวฟงเปียวพี่สกาเปียวเลยตู่อดอตู่เมเรเลยตู่อดีมาเอ่อเตียวเวเนเลยตู่อดอเป
practicing and cultivating awareness so that it becomes a habit of our mind so that on our deathbed that will be what we die that it will be the habit of the mind to be aware of whatever comes up in the mind so awareness will be part of the influence of the next rebirth in the Buddhist psychology, the, the death moment and the next rebirth moment are like in the stream of consciousness, they're just like neighbors, they're, they're next door to each other. Although, in, in a, if you think about the form of the person, it's like a huge form is gone, or the life has gone out of this form, and we don't know what sort of whether it's small or big form or, you know, form or formless, whatever the next one is. Um, but because they're neighbors, there is a very um, strong influence of the death mind on the next rebirth mind, next moment of birth mind. So, so that's why it's considered to be an important moment. So we don't know whether the person dies. Um, some people die maybe yearning for something and then they get reborn where that yearning sort of takes them. Uh, some people die with a lot of anger and tears when battery death. <coughs> Some people die with a lot of battery, anger, like they die in a lot of distress, and that um, can affect the next, um, the next moment and where they will be immediately after they die. Suicide is, of course, not encouraged in. In any system of faith, it's not considered a, um, it's not encouraged, you know, um, as a way out in any faith. And although we cannot know exactly what the last moment of that person's death would have consisted of, what sort of thoughts they would have, um, we can imagine that the process started with uh, in a state of distress, probably most of the time. Because to decide to take one's life is a, a desperate measure. And we can only imagine or maybe we can't imagine what it must must be like for that person. Um, and um, what state of mind eventually, you know, 
is there when the person, just before the person dies. It's easy to think that it would be the state of distress that the person began with. In the Buddhist psychology, um, because of the definition of the first precept, taking a life, um, it doesn't say somebody else, it just says um, killing a person. Like you have the intention to uh, take a life, um, you act to take the life, and you are able to take the life. Then that is an act of killing. So in the Buddhist psychology, suicide is um, comes under the first precept. It's like the person has taken a life, although it's their own. Can we just take a time off? Kendall has to ask a question. Talking about um, anger and how unreasonable it can be. I know somebody who, when the person is angry, says, I'm going to. I should just kill myself, and a very devout Buddhist. <laughs> and I say, um, but you really want to follow the Buddha's teachings, and it's <laughs> it's uh, it's against the Buddha's teachings to kill yourself, <laughs> but because the person is in such a so angry, so angry, I don't care. <laughs> 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 but I, yeah, it's just you know. Because when there is anger, there is no, there's no reason, there's no logic, there's no rhyme or reason. There but that's just a sense of wanting to destroy, you know, something in his path, you know, just all those. That's, that's, Dosa's job description. <laughs> That's what it will do. <laughs> and no matter what it destroys, whether it tries to destroy the so-called something in the person's self or other, it doesn't matter. It's, it just feels like it needs to no, depression. mow down something in its path. Depression <laughs> Sarah spoken to people who are depressed. He knows a lot of people who are depressed do feel like committing suicide because what they feel is beyond comprehension. They can't see any spark of hope in anything in life, so they think that it's easier to not to snuff out. 
There's the story of a, a queen uh, in the Buddha's time who um, was very jealous because two young child, yes, or Piao, Yanji, you wrote to jealous ตัวอาจจะดีๆปုံนั้นเลยไม่อยากก็ตัวฉอตัวอย่างฉอบลูกนั้นมาเป็นมาซาวพยาธิฏฐะอยู่เนี่ยรู้ตัวไล่ไล
So she wasn't a queen yet. She was so beautiful that her parents would not marry her off to anyone. They valued her, they prized her, they, you know, they felt that nobody was good enough for her. Parents also um, apparently were very good at like astrology and all that sort of thing. So, um, but her parents were very like, had a lot of parami, had a lot of um, perfections, and the Buddha knew that. So he he left some footprints where her parents would see them, because he knew that if her parents came to him, they would become enlightened. And um, when they saw his footprints, they realized that this is a very uh, a person who is highly honorable and, and very worthy, you know, someone who, who has great, great um, uh, qualities, and they wanted to marry their daughter to the Buddha. So they brought their daughter to the Buddha, and they, and when they approached the Buddha, and they asked the Buddha to marry their daughter, and what the Buddha did was, and he already saw that when he gave, when he talked about asuba, you know, that the body is inherently not beautiful, um, that the daughter, because she was so proud of her own beauty, that she would misunderstand. But he saw that her parents would get enlightened. And so he still gave the talk. <clears throat> he, he talked about the fact that the body was not beautiful, and so he said he would not touch the body even with his foot or his toe because it's really a rotting corpse. And he spoke in general, but she took it personally. They became enlightened. She became his enemy. Yeah. And later on, when, the, when she met the king, she was so beautiful, she married the king. Um, and she became the queen. And she... Spent a lifetime trying, you know, making trouble. You know, her, her husband was a great devotee of the Buddha, but she didn't like it. Yeah. Stories of the Buddha. The Buddha actually said that there are four meditations that we should contemplate daily, and they are um, to contemplate the qualities of the Buddha, which is basically the contemplation on qualities of knowing in different ways, different sorts of knowing. Um, Asuba, which is contemplation on the fact that the body is not beautiful. Metta, to, to um, metta, spread metta. Um, to all beings. And lastly, contemplation of death. To daily contemplate that all things that arise pass away and that everything is impermanent. 
ตาเบเวตูตะชูเนี่ยอัตตะอาจิเรตัวอัตตะอาจิเรตัวไอ้อ่ามันน่ะมันสื่อน่ะอยู่ตัวอาทอยู่กุดูไม่ผิดอูอ
The principles of anicca, dukkha, and anatta ideally should just be understood. When we don't understand it yet, all we have to say is, I don't understand it yet. Um, his teacher was very much against yogis trying to incline their minds towards understanding of these principles because we might um, uh, what's the word we might persuade ourselves into believing that we understand it you know I mean this is this happens in Burma that yogis are just very eager or greedy to to realize things and and the suggestion that you can understand anicca dukkha and that understanding anicca and dukkha and anatta is special makes them want to get it, you know, and they can really try to have. And then when you read the text and all, everything is described in terms of somebody's experience and what they realize, and then they try to have that experience, thinking that will make them realize the same thing. But the experience, Tiago says, is always, it's never the insight, right? So. Um, so it's very important, Siada says, not to have to believe um, principles like Anicca, Dukkha, and Anatta, and to be just real about what we understand now. He says, because if we think about these things, and we're thinking about them, he says, with our non-understanding of them, if, we, if the mind actually wants things to be permanent, and then we see impermanence, especially in ways that are distressing to us, and then we're trying to say to us, to ourselves, oh, it's impermanent, it's impermanent. It can set up a conflict in the mind, he says, and we can find ourselves really um, hard-pressed to to be at peace. You know, instead of saying, well, I don't understand this, it's distressing. Yeah, so it's just a sign that that wisdom is not there. And, you know, the defilements are still able to, the unwholesome thinking about that is still able to operate. That's all. Greed wants things to be pleasant, to be permanent, doesn't want dukkha, doesn't want anicca. Yeah. 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 Yeah the pressure to conform to these ideas, when we don't really understand it, it can set up an internal turmoil about these, you know, about the teachings and, and, and the way we feel about it and so on. He said the sign that we truly understand Anicca, Dukkha, Anatta, the sign is that when there is an experience of or an understanding of Anicca, Dukkha, Anatta, that we feel more peaceful, we feel more free, because we get it. Understanding that this is the truth, we feel free. And that's how it is when we really understand. But if there is a conflicting defilement or unwholesome tendency in the mind around this area and we are thinking or contemplating this, a thought about this sort of 
Anything that we approach, she says, there's many ways to approach it. We can never look at it from just one angle. So this yogi asked, when wanting to have more continuous mindfulness, is that not wholesome? Well, it depends. If you're starting to frustrate yourself, you know there's some greed in it. You know, but you're, if you're patient and you're okay with it, then maybe that's wholesome volition, you know, a, a skillful um, determination. Ah, so this yogi was at the center, and um, this yogi was queuing up for food in the dining hall in Shoyume, and it's a buffet style, so long dining. And she was queuing, and um, and I think after, well, whenever, at one point she saw a little pile of mangoes on one of the serving tables. A little pile of mangoes, and she could see there were three mangoes. Um, she just noticed, you know, she was doing whatever she needed to do, and she just noticed there were three mangoes. No special attention or anything in her eyes, just uh, in her mind, just noticing part of her awareness, three mangoes there. And as she finished the line, she walked. She had to go past that serving table and go to her table. And I think when she sat down or when, maybe when she turned around, she looked and, and then she again she noticed the mangoes. She noticed that there was a fourth mango. Small one is behind. A little one. <laughs> 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 on the table. 
on this side, you know? And what the yogi realized in a flash at that moment is she knew, she knew her mind really well, this yogi. And um, she's quite a, a strong-minded person. She realized that standing on the other side when she saw the three mangoes, at that time it was just, you know, nothing special. But she knew now that if somebody had said to her, when she had seen it from the other side, that there were actually four mangoes on that table, she would have argued with that person. <laughs> she was so sure that that was three mangoes. Her point of view was firm. She, she was not in delusion. She could see three mangoes. <laughs> so that was a realization about how her mind is, how her mind can be very, can hold on very strongly to what it believes. So what happens when we understand more and more? All these little understandings that we gather throughout our practice and our lives, what it helps us to understand is that there's never just one explanation for something. That would be an incomplete picture. Everything is a a combination of cause and causes and effects. It's never one cause, one effect. It's always several causes leading to one effect. The danger also of becoming satisfied with what we understand, Sarasas, is that we don't see more. So he gives this example of what happens. He says, um, all, all yogis come to the center and mostly they just, you know, they start practicing and the first thing they start seeing is all the unwholesome stuff in the mind. So they work with it, they struggle with it, they try right attitude, they work and work and work and then they have more continuous mindfulness and then they become more successful at dealing with it, right? So then, you know, they, they watch the, de the defilements, they go away. They watch unwholesome stuff, it goes away, it clears. And he says, unbeknownst to the yogi, they start feeling good about it. They think it's good. And, and because of that, they don't see further. And he says, he's noticed, you know, we say that so much over time, he, he began to ask them more questions. He said, so, so the, you know, the defilement is gone. So what? What did you learn from it? One of the simplest things we can learn is that, he said, we can learn that in that immediate present, if we had not been mindful, we would have a different result. If all the past mindfulnesses hadn't been brought to bear, had not become skillful, we would not have that ability to deal with the defilement. So we have to see the whole process. We, we have a chance to understand this process and therefore that's the result. But the yogi doesn't because the yogis have been aiming to do this so when they get it, they think that's the end of the work. But it's more important to see the process that contributes to the result. Learning a never end, but being 
ก็เลยยกเดียวล่ะเดี๋ยวตัวเอ็กซ์เรย์บาลล่ะล่ะเล่าจ่าตัวก่อนแล้วดูสุเลยเดียวก่อนอันนั้นแต่ตัวเจ
He says we must see the process that it is because all this work has been done that this is the present moment. That if we don't continue to do this work, that it will be a different moment. When we go home, are we willing to put in the same commitment? When, when we go home and we don't put in the same commitment and we have different results, do we wonder why? He says, and the mind is irrational. You know, when it's frustrated, dosa, it doesn't think rationally. It thinks, you know, on retreat, it's doing well. Greed says, I'm doing okay. We go home, it doesn't work, and we say, I'm no good. I'm, I'm the yapa. It becomes I, but it's not about the I. Right? There's a process that just hasn't, that, ha- that has happened, and then it's not happening. It's just, a, it's not I. Santa Maa Hiro. อีกแต่หน่อยซีรุสแต่ซันเตอร์เวฮีโรส์วันนี้ก็คงมีซีรุสเดี๋ยวเซเมเบมาตรวจหมดตาเลยตัวตัวว่าตัวมันมีเนี
哎，今天你不要，我们表情表情点表情，走，好好，呀，对好，对好。And that is teaching what encouraging, you know. He was saying, "Oh, this is happening, this is good." But you were aware that's great. It's great. So he was teaching what encouraging. Yeah. Hey, come on, see, His teacher was a great teacher. He knew how to help a yogi to balance their mind. He said, "Oh, you're not going to go and tell his teacher all the, you know, when he had good experiences or had understanding and it was right understanding and all." He says the te- the way his teacher would say it was. That was good awareness. That was good samadhi. That was good wisdom. He would go away thinking he did good. Took him many, many years before he realized his teacher was not talking about him. The ni samadhi ni samadhi. Well, I thought he was. His teacher was only talking about the nature of what was happening. The awareness was good, or the samadhi was good, or the wisdom was good. But he went away thinking I'm good. See, I don't need to have your bad. Who tells you all the time? Bad people do. I tell you, you know, you know, you know. I'm bad, 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 This is because of this or that or the other. His teacher would always explain the causes and the effects, and that was very interesting for me. Hmm. 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 Scenarios, and you know, we see the principles of cause and effect in many different ways. He says, um, then we are able to think more reasonably. He says he's always found that whether it's um, in a purely like dharma cause effect, you know, like relationship that he's discovering, or even in a worldly context, you know, when when you know there's problems in the center or between people and all, and when when he can understand the right cause and effect relationships, he always finds the mind feels more confident and at ease. เอ่อเตจิงเตียนี่ครับโอ้โหโอ้โหมากันดีมีเปียโพเมียสอพยาฮอระอะตุบาโอเตียวยูเรลูบอมุติดาเปียวเรลูอะตะมิวเปียวเ
and wholesomeness in India. They are holding Yamara Mobu. So what the Buddha taught was not wrong. You did do Yamara. But people can't take it wrongly. No, Blau Sule is what we do. Say that the Zanet thing, I say that thing, the Mabu Yamara. Yeah. Yeah, they are holding. Yeah. I sent Chile Kai Pantati. Oh. No longer. Chile, her pony, don't they? So he says, like, you know, there are stories of, like, um, the Buddha, one of the things the Buddha explained is that when uh, a person dies while in jhana, the person will be reborn in the Brahma world, you know, where... Jhana, jhana, right? Because a, a jhana state of mind, the, the, the quality of that mind is like in the Brahma world, so... Then if you die with that state of mind, then it reaches for the, the realm that's closest to the quality. So it, so the mind is reborn the next moment into a Brahma world. Um, you know, and you last they last like hundreds of thousands or something eons of So then some uh, there are stories of monks who you know, when they achieve jhana, they kill themselves in the jhana because they believe that they weren't sure that they might die in a jhanic state, but now they were capable of it, they were in a jhanic state, they thought they should die like this. That's taking it the wrong way. (laughs) (laughs) So the mind, it's funny how the mind can be capable of such mental powers and then the defilements can still trick the mind. <laughs> so, yeah. so it also shows that these monks who had such powers, jhana is a huge um, power, um, and it shows that they really didn't see the mind. You know, all they knew is that they had jhana, but they couldn't see how quickly all the Defilements came in, came in and ran the show, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because first thing they start by, you know, taking Papi a life. Said, take, mm-hmm. 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 I don't need that thing. I will say I think I do that. Tari, tari, she don't know. And to kill themselves, something is going. You know, they're going to start breaking out of their jhanic state and all that. But they don't see that. It's like <coughs> The, the the power the the jhanic mind is so powerful that if they have planned to do something that it's going to go for very fast and you know they would not even have had time to contemplate they'd be dead before they knew whatever happened in their minds. Mm-hmm. He said so that's that's a the problem with incomplete information, that when we have incomplete information, we then intellectually either make some wrong, wrong conclusions, you know, like these stories, or we, um, like, shoot in the dark. Maybe it's this, we make assumptions hoping that we are sort of going in the right way, and, and all that can be, sometimes it can be very harmful. Well, 
，我慢慢慢慢来，你累不累？过没必要了，你怎么能报的？当心了。So instead of believing me, don't need to doubt the Buddha. His wisdom, <laughs> his abilities, or his sincerity. Yeah. So, yes. What I, what I was uh, trying to share and ask Sidor was uh, the experience of. Yeah, I would. I have a acid reflux condition, so I cannot lie flat. You know, especially after meal. So I try to eat a little bit early and try to look for the. Reclining loud chair, so that's, it would be better than lying flat. So one time I, I went out and so somebody already sitting there. So there, there's a little bit of disappointment. So I know that that's an unwholesome a mental state. But then recalling the you know the chair, you know, I remember I was given Steve when he came to visit, and Steve was happy, and I was so happy. With you know, reflecting on the at the moment, and even when I remember, I still feel happy with that act. So that brought back the the wholesome quality, I think, of, of reflecting that, and then I also that bring the the mind of rejoicing the person who who's sitting on that chair. I'm happy for the person instead of there. There was earlier the, a little bit of disappointment, but then. Recalling the the dana and the, the the results of that brought the wholesome quality of, of rejoicing, feeling happy for the person instead of of feeling disappointed. So I think it, it's interesting to that that happened. You know. so, Sandra has any comment on it? <laughs> โอ้อะไรโหอะไรโหอะไรโหอะไรโหอะไรโหอะไรโหอะไรโหอะไรโหอะไรโหอะไรโหอะไรโหอะไรโหอะไรโหอะไรโหอะไรโหอะไรโห
unknown to us, the mind has made the spot mine. <laughs> also, um, if you have offered that that chair, says, unknown to the mind, there's also a sense. Is that what you said? You offered it, right? Yeah. There's also a sense of um, very sneaky, a sense of ownership of what you need to Yeah. Um, and if you didn't notice it before, then you notice it when it becomes frustrated. Right? Then it shows itself clearly from its hidden depths. And um, it's great that you were able to have right thought. It changed the direction of the thinking and brought back wholesome. He says, whenever you see the chairs, do you notice the subtle thinking in the mind? <laughs> no, I think I, I you know, recall that I'm happy that oh, the chair is here, so you know, I'm able to use it. Before you become happy, the mind will have a little thought. It will say something, a small little thing. What's that? Possession. I donated it. That's why we, I feel happy. So that's why Sarah says, notice our thoughts. They reveal so much if we will detect the story behind those words. Um, he says at home when he was practicing, he saw how much eyeing the mind did, like I, me, my mind, myself, how much it did that. He said he, he was shocked at one point how much of it there was in the mind. So I, I'm a little bit confused because you know, this might be an eye there, but then we should always reflect after we do a good deed that rejoice on that. So, so how do we, you know, uh, the conflict between the eye and the, you know, the rejoicing on the good deed? Without the eye in there. Sarah is not saying that he did not say you should not think the eye. He said notice that the mind is doing the eye. Right? It's just about being real. He's not there, there is no need to fix anything. There is no need to become a good yogi. You know? It's about seeing what's in the mind as it is. That's what will help the mind to grow. So when the mind recognizes, ah, you know, I'm, re I'm rejoicing in this. I feel that I've donated it. Oh, there is this sort of thinking going on in the mind. Yes, and in a mundane sense, if somebody came and asked you, who donated the chairs? You would say, I did. You know, that's that, that's the way we have to use But just to notice that, that's all. That's not, it's not, not a good or a bad. There's no blame or praise. It's just... It's, he says here 
you've brought up a little um, uh, uh, an event, you know, and he's pointed out something about how the mind thinks in situations like this, right? In this situation, sorry. He says, when you go home, he says, you can continue to extrapolate, notice what the mind thinks. Especially, you know, it's easier to reflect back when you get frustrated with something and then think, so what is the wrong thinking that is in the mind that has led to this? And then you can notice it sooner. When you see more and more, you can notice it sooner. Right? It's a way to practice. One of the reasons One of the reasons it's easier to practice here, he says is because this is not my place. We're more giving, more you know, accommodating. He said at home it's my my home. He says your me is waiting for you at home. <laughs> and when you're in your home, Sarah says everything you see, everything you come into contact with, with your six sense, with your six senses belong to you. That's how the mind feels. We need to notice that. Everything I listen to, this is my music, my perfume, my books, you know, my Indian vase, or I don't know, you know, it's like my house, right? We feel vested in it. Yeah, and once the eye, you know, we have to use it, um, but if we don't notice it, Sierra says there's, that's the danger, you know, that he will center, the mind will center itself around the eye and all that needs to be fulfilled for it. Yeah. And then because the eye is the center of the universe, then he says that when the defilements hit, they hit hard. He says they're waiting to have a party in your mind. <laughs> So, you know, he finds it most interesting when yogis practice at home because at home the defilements are real, our practice is real. If we have awareness, it's real awareness. If we have samadhi, it's real samadhi. If we have wisdom, that's real wisdom. That's going to help in that at that time. He says, then it's a good show. <laughs> Here we're just training. Gym. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so I wanted to uh, practice this cause and effect uh, investigation that Sayyidah has been offering this afternoon, which these teachings have been very helpful. Um, so today, after the dialogue in the morning, there were at least... Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.